WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit. The show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook? How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is in the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Pauly Sebelia, I'm Stephen Fonte. As we welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got uh, just one guest lined up for you today. Uh, we want to leave plenty of time for phone calls. We've got our SOS house call with uh, physical therapist Andrew Green. That's coming up at 1230. Outside of that, though, we want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. We're going to talk a lot of Q's football on the show. We'll probably uh, mix in a little NFL talk. SU men's basketball back at it uh, tomorrow night, so plenty of basketball talk as the week moves along. But uh, we start with the SU football team. Before we get into that, though, Paulie, how was how was your weekend? We saw Good. each other late Saturday night, but uh, didn't see you yesterday. Good, Steve. I would like to... Say maybe instead of the SOS uh, person, we should get a uh, psychiatrist or <laughs> someone for Syracuse football fans yeah. to call in, because that um, that was ugly, Steve. The more I digest it, that wasn't depth. That was just you got manhandled from opening horn to closing horn or yeah. buzzer, or opening whatever. kickoff yeah, to yeah. the final. Whatever line. the yeah. hell they say in yeah. football. Yeah. Um I, I tried to warn you Florida State was better. I, I No, they they this this I don't know how to say this. Syracuse when it was playing its first six games was good, and I don't know what's happened. It's not the defense's fault either. When when you when you punt the ball and the opposing team gets the ball on the eleven you're not setting your defense up for win. You know, you're you're three and out every time. Yeah. Um the attrition in the depth issue is was the defense. Yeah, offensively they've uh they've been figured out, I think, to some degree. Um Schrader is not Schrader. We know that. I mean, he even though he played the the threat of him in the RPO game and running the football, it just it just wasn't there. Um, it hasn't been there. It wasn't there against Notre Dame. He obviously didn't play against Pitt. And then even though he was out there against Florida State, just it it wasn't there. I do think, and you know, Adam Terry brought up this point uh, on the post game show uh, when we were working together the other night. He made the point that there's more tape now on this SU offense, and that opponents are figuring it out a little bit. But don't you you have to have wrinkles, right? Yeah, the offense is a problem. And you mentioned the three and outs, first three drives of that game. They won the coin toss, took the ball, and They've then taken it every game. they go three and out. Right? Sometimes it's not their decision, but it was yeah. their decision here. And normally, you win the coin toss, you defer. I, I get the fact they wanted to score, and but that was early in the season, right, when they 
when they had an offense that was scoring pretty much every time on the first drive, they've gotten away from that for a variety of reasons. And they go three and out. And, you know, to your point, you're you're giving the Florida State the ball and the opportunity to to steal the momentum. And, and they did. They scored on their first drive. And Syracuse went three and out on its first three drives. And the first half, they had, what, five three and outs on their seven possessions. That's um, that's not a recipe for success. And by halftime, it felt like the game was over. It never started for Syracuse. They've done nothing but kick field goals in the past two games. So it felt like Florida State went up 14 nothing. They finally put together that, that nice drive. That ended up stalling. They kick a short field goal. And then right after that, they got the fumble. And they're in Florida State territory. Set up a great field position after that fumble. It was first and 10 from the 23. 14-3. They just kicked the field goal. You felt like, okay, they got some momentum going. And then what do they do on that drive? They go backwards 12 yards. And first and 10 from the 23 turns into a 53-yard field goal attempt. Schmidt was short with it. And now all of a sudden, you know, the momentum is gone and Florida State seizes all the momentum going into the locker room. They score right before the break and uh, it was 24-3 at half and and the the game was over. You know, Um, the whole they have tape on them thing kind of wears thin on me because Syracuse had tape of Florida State, (laughs) you know, everybody's got tape on everybody. Well, I think in, in regards to Syracuse, we talked about this going into the year, right, that there was that element of the unknown. We didn't know what Schrader was going to be with Robert and I as the offensive coordinator. And so Louisville was obviously watching a lot of Virginia film, but you didn't know what it was going to look like with that philosophy and this personnel. And Syracuse got off to a good start. They beat Louisville in the first game. You know, they were, again, I don't want to take anything away from the Purdue win or the Virginia win, but fortunate to win those those games. And they created their own luck. I mean, they they took advantage at the end of those games. They made the plays they needed to. But I think now you're getting into the meat of the ACC schedule. The opponents are better. There is more video out there in terms of what this offense is all about, tendencies this offense may have, and opponents are figuring it out. Combine, you know, mix in the missing pieces with the injuries. And, you know, I know most of it's on defense, but you've got Chris Elmore and Isaiah Jones and, you know, Kalen Ellis has been back. Chris Elmore's up been and, out since no, I, I understand. One. I'm just saying, like, it's not like they're fully healthy on that side of the ball, but I understand mo- most of the, the injuries are on defense. But I think it all adds up to opponents have figured it out a little bit on how to slow these guys down. Yeah. Um, Sean Tucker doesn't look right. He hasn't looked right all season. We've discussed that. They swear that he's healthy. I'm not so sure. Um, but it's not pretty. It, it is not pretty. You At no point in that game, you know, after outside of the first 15 minutes, did you feel like Syracuse had a chance? Yeah. And I they have to win one of the next two games. Have to. And now that's not a... A gimme, and not that we thought BC was a gimme, but I think we we both felt like if well there, they're gonna they're gonna beat Boston College. If there is one silver lining, that win over UConn looks pretty good now. <laughs> <laughs> so you give Syracuse credit for that, but not Florida State for beating LSU in the first game. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's you. You guys can't grasp what I was saying. I know. I know. The Florida State is a, clearly a better football team than Syracuse right now. To say they were coming in hot, 
The term I use is they're playing good football, is what I said. Well, they were playing. And they blew they, out Georgia Tech. They, had they blew of, out Miami. Okay. Yeah. They were healthy. You look at that three game lose. Uh, the three game win streak listen, was not impressive, including Syracuse. Listen, you, you can. And it won't be even any more impressive after they beat the Raging Cajuns next you week. You can dismiss what I said all you want. They were, and everybody hates injuries. They suffered a lot of injuries in the middle of the season. It came at the wrong time because they that was their, their most difficult stretch. And then they started to get healthy. They came back. They blew out Georgia Tech. They blew out Miami. That's, what, That's a rivalry game. I don't care that you know you said Miami has given up on the season. They were playing well. And they beat LSU at the beginning of the year. And LSU now all of a sudden is a top 10 team. And I think we realize how good LSU is. So They're a better team than Syracuse. But yes. 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 I um, If they beat Florida, I'll be impressed. That'll be hot. They might not in. lose the rest of this season. I know. You know, you could. They could be nine and three. They could do what Syracuse can't seem to do, and that's win in November. Their schedule also. They had that same gauntlet. They lost three games in it, but they've beaten the teams that they're supposed to beat. Yes. And Syracuse didn't with Pittsburgh because, again, outside of that, you know, no shame in losing to Clemson, Notre Dame. Okay, I get it. Um, I think the, the the biggest issue with the game on Saturday for everybody is that it was non-competitive. And that's why I always say, you know, when you were asking me about a record, like, do they have to go 7-5, and five, you know, 6-6, six and six, is that good enough? You know, I said, Let, let's see what it looks like, and that's what I meant. Like, Clemson and Notre Dame, uh, the Clemson game was very competitive. Notre Dame defense got worn down. To lose to Pittsburgh in the manner that they did, to lose to Florida State in the manner that they did, this is getting very concerning. Yeah. And that's why I said I want to see what it looks like. Because the last two weeks in particular, it's not, it's not four. It's these last two that I really don't like. They got to win one of them. You got to have seven wins. Got to. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. 315-437-7644. Looks like we have David in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, David. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I just have a quick couple questions for you guys. I just want to know, what do you guys think? I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I was just wondering, do you foresee the Cowboys still making the playoffs, catching the Giants for second place? Because I know right now we're in third. And what about winning the division and catching the Eagles? I want to get your take on it. Thanks for taking my phone call, guys. They're not catching the Eagles. They're not catching the Eagles. Um, I think they've got a good chance of finishing second. I I do think that they will, at the end of the day, make the playoffs. Run the ball. Thank you. What did you think about going forward on fourth down in overtime? The Cowboys beat themselves, you know. Just run the ball. I think I think they'll make the playoffs. I do too. They're just not catching the Eagles. You know, although the Giants, man, they're doing what they need to do. I'm talking in cliches. They're taking it one game at a time, Steve, and winning them. Beating the beating the beating teams they're, they're supposed, supposed to be. be. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's get back. I didn't realize David's question was an NFL question. Let's get back to SU football here. No, he must work for the show. He doesn't listen. <laughs> I I don't like what I saw these last two weeks. It's I realize it's a four game losing streak, but I think the way in which they lost to Pittsburgh. And that that one you can kind of chalk it up. At least you have the excuse of well, it was a backup quarterback. Hard to justify what we saw on Saturday. <laughs> the offense scored less points with the starter <laughs> at home. Yeah. I guess a better team. I mean, Florida State's better than Pitt as well, but yes. Um, 
you know, Adam said on Saturday that, you know, you got to be careful because in college football, the season can go sideways in a hurry. And it, it feels like we've reached that point. We're at an angle. Yeah. 40? It, 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 feels, it feels sideways. It feels like it's it's, it's, it's you've trending got, sideways. You've got, but the, here's the thing. You've, you've got the opportunity to unsideways it <laughs> if you want. You do. You do. And I, I asked him this, and I'll ask you this. What gives you Nothing. the confidence or the impression that that is the going to happen? The first six games. Yeah. The first six games give me, I, I don't think it will happen. But the first six games give you, you know what this team is capable of. Now do it. Please. And thank you. You know, now they're facing a Wake Forest team that is desperate like they are, right? I mean, Wake Forest is has now lost three in a row. It's a Wake Forest. It's a home game. One of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Yeah, we hear that every week. You lay these excuses. It's, it's not an excuse. same story every it's week. It's not an excuse. I'm saying I, I'm not. The, the, it's the same story what, what, every week. Here comes a great quarterback. We knew that coming into the season. Now let's do something to stop it. It's not an excuse. I'm saying I don't feel great about this matchup. It's a road game. Yeah, yeah. They score a lot of points. Like, if you're going to win this game. The team has done nothing it, to give you a reason to be optimistic about this game. Steve? And it, I get it. If you're going to win this game, you're going to have to put up probably 30 points at minimum, right? I mean, the way the Wake Forest scores. How about keeping your – you don't have to if you keep your defense off the field and not give them the ball on the 11 after a punt. <laughs> you're really harping on that, aren't you? Yeah. it's, it's a, Punt the ball. For the love of God. It, it's like Pop Warner out there at points. I was just looking about. It wasn't the eleven, though, was it? It was. I think it was. Wasn't it? No. They were in the red zone when they got the ball. Uh, they were definitely. It, was uh, it the 20, twenty? It was twenty-four. It was a twenty-four. I I knew it, eleven didn't sound right. Yes, it was the twenty-four. It was after a punt and a face mask. It's disappointing, Steve. Wake's averaging thirty-six and a half points per game. So even if you hold them ten points below your average, their average, you're going to have to score twenty-eight. Does this offense look like it could score 28? No. Okay. They can't. They've they can't do anything but kick field goals the past two games. That that's the that's the part that I'm very concerned about. I you know, defensively, you know, they're I, I think they're a pretty good defense. Now I think they were very good. The injuries are starting to catch up on defense. Like that's not an excuse. Like that is a fact. I, it, I know, it, but now those players have played right. Multiple games. Right. I'm just saying I don't I I like the defense. I don't know if they're holding them more than you know, holding Wake Forest more than ten points below their season average. So Syria's gonna have to score twenty eight or more to win this game, in my opinion. And I just I don't I don't have confidence in that happening based I, on what I don't we've know seen. why you would. Right. I'm with you. So that's all I'm saying. I, I don't feel great going into this Wake Forest game and that leaves BC. BC just beat NC State. Um let's go to John in the car. He's up next on the show. Hey John. Okay. Yeah, we got you. Okay, sorry. On uh, SU football, I only watched the first half for obvious reasons. Uh, I guess I have an issue with the coaching staff, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And I do understand that if you can't win in the trenches, you're not going to win a lot of football games. 
and that's really where we've gotten beaten up the last four games. But when we, on offense, I just don't understand Tucker, Tucker, Gadsden, Tucker, Tucker, Gadsden, Schrader trying to run on a you know on a bum ankle. Do we have another running? Do we have a tight end? Do we have another bird? I think in the first half, Alfred might have touched the ball once, but all the other offensive plays were uh, Tucker, Schrader, and Gadsden. That's pretty easy to, to defend. I'll hang up and get your comments, please. Thanks. All right. I, I will say this, John, in regards to you know how the the plays were divvied up, and that that's been a hot topic of conversation, of course, over the last several weeks. That Sean Tucker's not getting the ball enough. You got to give Sean Tucker the ball more. They ran. I want to make sure I have this number right. I believe it was forty forty eight plays. Am I right in Yeesh. saying that, Paulie? Yeah. Uh, yes. It was forty eight plays in an entire game. Remember when Dino first got yeah. here? They were in the eighties. Yeah. You know, uh, Florida State ran seventy one plays. They're, they weren't on the field enough to to mix up the targets and so on and so forth. And that comes back to execution. I, I understand his point is that it's it's predictable. And that's what I was saying, you know, as we hit the air here, that there is tape out there now. And I think defenses are starting to figure it out a little bit. Sean Tucker got 14 They've carries. They've also played be- from behind. Right. And it takes away the run game. Right. Schrader was 6 for 16 passing. Um. So, you know, nobody got a lot of targets because they, did, they didn't – Move the ball. They didn't move the chains. It was they had so many three and outs in this game. Uh, Gadsden had one reception. Alfred had two receptions. Pena and Cooper won. Uh, Tucker won out of the backfield. Demarcus Adams was targeted, but uh, did not complete a pass to him. Um, and, and, and so anyway, I think John hit on part of what this is all about. You know, he said it's predictable. I think in part it's predictable because you you only have a few guys that you feel comfortable throwing the ball to. Certainly is is Gaston. We've been talking about it for nine games now, ten games, that they need a number two wide receiver to step up. Gaston is the only guy you know you can trust. Cooper has had the drops all year long. Alfred is more of a you know, stretch the defense speed kind of guy. And that'd be nice to see once. Gadston is the one guy you feel comfortable with that if you throw it to him, he's going to catch it most of the time. Um, and Tucker, you know you've got a special running back. He hasn't seemed right all season long. Um, but you got to find ways to get him the ball. They they gave him 14 rushing attempts and one pass play. So 15, essentially one out of every three plays went to Tucker on Saturday, right? Because they ran 48 plays. And he touched the ball 15 times. Um it, they just couldn't move the chains. They couldn't get in any sort of rhythm, and so that you know, I think that answers John's question. Why didn't they mix it up or spread it around? They weren't on the field long enough to spread it around. Let's uh, let's take a timeout here. Uh, I know a few of you are on hold. Uh, stay on hold. We're going to take a timeout. More of your phone calls next. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Manford Man, Earth Band, Blinded by the Light. We're doing all light songs today as the 33rd annual Wegmans Lights on the Lake kicks off 5 o'clock tonight in Liverpool. Taking resumes for a, for a lady friend to go to Lights on the Lake with me. Only, only. I'll, I need a cover letter. 
and uh, in a resume. Thank you. Steve, I've given you an hour buffer. We've talked Syracuse football enough. It's now time to address the uh, big purple elephant in the room. Can I can I just address something else first, real quick? Yeah. So th- there's a lot of chatter in the in the chat about the potential of Syracuse missing out on a bowl game if they go six and six. If the, okay, so a couple things: there are 43 bowl games, means there's 86 teams. Aside from that, there are 10 bowls that are have ties to ACC. So if there are, there would have to be more than 10 ACC teams that are bowl eligible, and Clemson would not be able to make the college football playoff. So right now. Um, Georgia Tech has a chance at bowl eligibility. There are nine teams currently bowl eligible out of the ACC. Georgia Tech is four and six. They close out the year with North Carolina and Georgia. That ain't happening. Okay, so take them off the list. And then Miami is five and five. They're at Clemson, and they're home for Pittsburgh. So let let's say they do qualify. That's ten. There would have to be an eleventh out of the ACC bowl eligible and. Clemson would have to not make the college football playoff for that to be a possibility. So Syracuse is going to a bowl game. It's yes. it's just a matter of, of where. They're not going to be left out um, unless somehow Georgia Tech beats you know they Ge- Georgia and, and North Carolina. But so let's table that talk. But the more important thing is they they got to win a couple of these. They yeah. can't finish this game on a seven game losing Get streak. The BC win. Be wake. Fix it. I said that last week. Fix it. It's not unfixable. You've shown you can win. Fix it. All right. Now you want to switch gears? Yes. Okay. First off, I'll even ease you into it. You went to the Bills-Vikings game yesterday, one of the best games of the season, the best game of the season probably. How was it as a fan, fan perspective? Did you have a good time? Of course I had a good time. I was there with my dad. We had great seats. It was a very entertaining game. Um, I can't believe they lost. It reminded me of the Kansas City game last year. It was worse. It, but I was just going to say, it was. It, last year's was worse because of, everything, because of what was on the line. The way they lost this game was worse. Like you look back in hindsight, so Bills hold them on fourth down. There's See, go back, go back, go back to the fourth and nineteen. Fourth and nineteen, right? Cam Lewis first start of the season for the Bills. They, you know, talk about dealing with injuries. They both their safeties are out. Cam Lewis making his first start. I showed you the picture before the show. He's got both hands on the ball. Like bat it down, just bat it down. The game's over. Bat it down. He didn't bat it down. Justin Jefferson made. Maybe the best catch I've ever seen. I, I I don't. I mean, I don't put it like it was a great catch, but I don't put it in the great catch because the ball just kind of landed on him. I mean, he had to wrestle it away yeah, from Cam yeah, Lewis. Like just, there was some did. strength he involved. He knocked the ball out of the guy's two hands, but it still hit his side and then just rolled into it. I, I think the Odell, but it, top top ten greatest catches of all time. Yes. Uh, well, it, I'll tell you Odell what, Beckham still can I, can I say this? It was the best catch I've seen in person, and sure. I, I didn't even truly appreciate it until I got to see replays of it, and man, that was a good catch. Anyway, bat it down, the game's over. And then they go ahead and carry on from there. They <laughs> get the fourth okay, down so stop. So they get the fourth down stop with like 30-some-odd seconds. 41 left. Yeah. Game's over, right? Yeah. You, and they, Minnesota had no timeouts. Here's my question to you. 
there's a lot of talk about taking the safety, which was no. would be dumb. No. Keyshawn but, Johnson brought that up today. There was too much time to take the safety. Yeah. There was 41 seconds left. You were only up. Like, if you take the safety there, then you lose with a field goal. Here's my next question. Do you do this? Do you just get the ball until you punt it on first down? Tell your punter, no. if you don't get it, take the safety. But punt it. No, there's too much time left. There was too much time left, Paul. But you need a touchdown, and you I punt understand. him on the 50. But there was 41 seconds left. Like, we've seen stranger things happen. No, I, I understand everybody's trying to overthink this. No, what you do is, Paulie, you you execute the center to quarterback but the, the exchange. Sneak, the sneak would have gotten you in a situation where you could have gotten the No, same. there's no timeouts. There was no, well, you're you saying if he you, fell backwards? You, yeah. All the, they had to execute that one time, and the game was over. They had to execute, you know. And then, if you want, you know, if there was... For whatever reason, if the refs were able to get the ball down quick, or if something happened and you had to snap it a second time, then you could take the safety. You know, you could snap it with six seconds left or whatever, run around and take the safety. But on first down, just, you know, and you have, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I look back at last year when uh, on a on a quarterback sneak against the the. Tennessee Titans, he slipped and fell, and they lose that game. And then, you know, obviously the way that this quarterback sneak went. But you have one of the best quarterbacks, you would think anyway, with the quarterback sneak. Just execute it one time, get out to the one-yard line, and the game's over. Are you concerned about Josh Allen's uh, yes. uh, ability his, his, to his throw decision making in, in the red zone? So he's, he's got, what, six interceptions? So I heard this stat today that going back to the start of last year, he has more interceptions than anybody in the NFL. And, and you know, Dan Orlovsky brought up a great point. He said that what makes him great is also what gets him into trouble. He's Brett Favre. And he, he's Brett Favre. And that, and that was the comparison they brought up today, that he doesn't want to check the ball down. He doesn't want to throw it to anybody in the flat. He wants to thread the needle between three guys and make an amazing play. And he can do it, but he also he gets himself into trouble. And the way that they've given, you know, you look at their three losses this year, I'm I'm biting my tongue what I want to say. They when they're uh, when they're on full steam they're the best team in the NFL, but when they're not they they only this is what this is, I'm going to temper what I'm going to say. They are the reason they've lost these 3 games, okay? I'm not saying that the Dolphins aren't good. I'm not saying the Jets aren't good. I'm not saying that the Vikings aren't good. But if you if we're being honest, if you look at the three games, they lost because of themselves. They turned the ball over four times yesterday. But you don't the, give the other teams. No, I do. That's I do. I'm saying that they're good teams that they're playing. Okay, the Vikings are good. I, I don't want this to come across as me saying that the Vikings aren't good. The Vikings are a good football team. The Vikings don't win yesterday without the Bills contributing to the Vikings winning that game. They turned the ball over good. four times. I'm going to say something, Steve. That's right. going to be aggressive. Good teams don't do that. Good teams close out games, and and they ha- and this team has had trouble closing out games. The the stats don't lie. You know, two and eight in their last ten games decided by a single possession. That is a problem. You know, so yeah, I'm concerned. I'm not concerned about whether they're going whether or not they're going to make the playoffs. I I still think that they're a very good team, but this is you know I I use that I use the the phrase you know that that you know. Once is, you know, Dean will say once is a happening. You know, once is a fluke, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend. The way they've lost these three games this year, it's a trend. The way the last three games have gone, didn't bite them against the Packers, but the way that they have not scored a touchdown in the second half now of three straight games, that's a trend. It's a concerning trend. 
One good thing out of this game, Steve, they did not lose to a team that kicked a punt up yes, their own I knew, butt. I knew at some point you were going to say that. By the way, also, I want to ask you psychologically a question now about this. Are you going to listen to me now? Are you going to listen no, to me about I'm being not. a Bills fan? I'm not. Because that's no fun, then. That's no fun. No, it isn't. No, it doesn't, that's no Steve, fun expecting disaster. It's, no, no, it's not expecting disaster. It's not. You, you don't set your goal at Super Bowl and expect to come out of the season happy. I do. No matter who. I do. I expect no matter this who team your to win favorite the Super team is, and I'm the Bills are going to bill you every year. This team's different, but maybe not. They're six they to, and three. I know, I know. They're not playing at home in the playoffs at this point. They're not There's even leading their division. Left. There's a lot of football left. A lot of but football. But I left. want the Bills to win the Super Bowl for you. I just want you to know that you need to brace yourself at points. You need to go in. Okay, this is a very good Bills team. We could, it could happen this year. But I'm not gonna throw. I'm not just gonna come out here eight months before the football season kicks off and tell me that this football team's on the verge of going so, to the Super Bowl. So again, you you are taking what I said out of context. I said that this franchise is on the verge of getting to the Super Bowl, like big picture. But I stand by what I said. Teams and I teams that can't execute quarterback sneaks don't get to the Super Bowl. I I agree. I agree. They they have they gave away the game yesterday, you know. They gave away the game against the Jets, and I feel like they gave away the game against the Dolphins. They it, it, they, and I'm not saying that the other teams didn't have a hand in it, but Josh Allen lost them that game yesterday. For as good as he is, and you know there were MV chants during the game yesterday. As good as he is, he cost them that game, and he cost them the game last week too. All right, you want to take one quick phone call here? Sure. Scooter in Jamesville. What's going on, oh, Scooter? So much for a quick phone call. <laughs> hey, <laughs> first of all, I, uh, Steve, I didn't realize that Christina's not come back to Bridger. I know she was on maternity leave. I yeah. just thought, curious, how many, how many years did you two host? Uh, we were together for two years. Man. <laughs> well, I, I got to check my ticket. It's kind of the limit. It's kind of the limit with me. Scooter, you can't go from him losing the Bills game yesterday to now him losing. Like, you're well, just piling on right now. Well, I'm not piling on. I'm just saying we had an office pool, and uh, I got to check my ticket. But we, we figured that Polly is more like Tolfong because he's, he's not going anywhere. So we didn't have a pool with Polly. But uh, we, we, we figured about it – was, it was actually, actually, everybody had about two and a half years. So uh, so we got to figure out who, who was the closest then. Yeah. Uh, a couple, a couple things. Uh, first of all, when when Syracuse was playing well, I mentioned about a month ago. I thought the team that I would worry more who's left on the schedule was Florida State because they were getting healthy and they, just from an athletic standpoint. So what happened sort of didn't really surprise me. It's just you know our, our offense has gone south. But if you can't block anybody, I don't know how you you, know, you can't block for running. Looks like they have no confidence of dra- really dropping back and running patterns that takes time to get open. It's Basically, now we're just throwing the ball down the sidelines. And the two things I, I mentioned a while back, one of them, who, who, who is the best receiver Coach Babers has recruited in the seven years? It's two best receivers, that were, I think, were transfers. The, the gentleman from my, uh, Maryland for the first year um, yeah. and, Christian, and Christian Jackson a couple years ago. But you know, it, it's amazing we really couldn't recruit anybody to, to receive and the, the offensive line has always been that question mark every year, and until you get that thing fixed sooner or later, yeah, I mean it was just dropping back, and there's people in the backfield before you even got there. And I think right now Schrader is just gun shy right now. 
Yeah, and he, and he can't move. I mean, that, I think that's part of the problem is that his he's not mobile, and that's why he didn't play against Pittsburgh. And I think he was, you know, my understanding is a little more mobile this week than he was last week. But he still can't be the Garrett Schrader that we saw the first six games of the season. You got Ty Smith, right? Oh, Taj Harris, yeah. Yeah. No, like, he's talking receivers, right? Yeah. You know, he's talking about in his t- time here, Dino's recruiting of wide receivers. Right, right, right. You still recruit the the transfer kids. Still right. got them. You're talking about Taj Harris. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, I was, I was confused. Yes. And then... Uh, they also had uh, Amba. I don't know. Well, he's, guy, say, he's he, saying Amba and Jackson were both transfers. But you get those guys. Yeah. And Aronde Gadsden's a good player. He is. I mean, he's he's an NFL player. So um, I think some of it is at, at the quarterback position as well. You know, um, Tommy DeVito didn't turn into the quarterback that they thought they had um, for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, Garrett Schrader has not been good throwing the football outside of the, you know, the first half of this season. Um, you know, but it, they've had, it, they've had a, a bona fide number one target every year, you know, from Amba to Ishmael to Harris to, you know, Ronda Gadsden. I mean, they, they've had that guy. They have been missing the, the second or third piece to the puzzle. And that guy just never really emerged this year. And here we are, you know, 10 games in, and we're still talking about who's the second-best receiver on this team. So I don't think the, the number one receiver's really been the problem. It's been, you know, who's who's next in line. All right. All right, we'll step aside. We'll take another time out here. 315-437-7644 if you want to check in. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.